0: This episode of Biscuits and Jam is presented by Boar's Head. Welcome to another episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living Magazine, and I'm talking to legendary musicians and celebrated chefs about food, family, songwriting, and Southern culture. For someone who has literally seen it all, from hitting it big on the country charts as a teenager to winning her first Grammy almost 50 years later... Today's guest says cooking a holiday meal for family is about the toughest thing she's ever done.
1: To me, it's more pressure than going on stage. you got to have the right cornbread dressing, and you got to cook the turkey the right way. And sometimes it don't turn out, and it makes me so angry. <laughs> oh, being a housewife, someone that cares for their family, I think they're the hardest working women of all.
0: Tanya Tucker started her career at age nine and just four years later became a household name thanks to the now classic tune Delta Dawn. As the hits piled up over the years, Tanya's reputation as one of the outlaws of country music grew, placing her alongside greats like Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, and Waylon Jennings. But it wasn't until earlier this year that she finally took home a Grammy, two in fact, Honoring her latest studio album, While I'm Living. Produced by Whalen's son Shooter and Brandy Carlisle, that album has not only solidified Tanya's stature within the genre, but has also introduced her to a new generation of fans. Later this fall, she'll release Live from the Troubadour, a new in concert album with a portion of the proceeds benefiting the iconic Los Angeles music venue. At a time when many independent clubs and concert halls are hurting due to the pandemic. On today's show, we'll hear stories from Tanya's early days, as well as some of her father's advice.
1: My dad always told me, you know, Tanya, you've got two problems. He said, one of them is you're a girl. And he said, the other one is you're a nine-year-old girl. And that means you're going to have to put twice as much feeling in that song as the person who recorded it before. Because they're not going to believe you otherwise not going to believe that's coming
0: out of a 9-0. Plus, her new tequila brand, Cosa Savaje, the tragic true story behind Delta Dawn, and more this week on Biscuits and Jam. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Tanya Tucker, welcome to Biscuits and Jam.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm. <laughs> you haven't got a good recipe, do you?
0: Oh, we've got a bunch of recipes here at Southern Living. I'll send you some.
1: Oh, it's one of my favorite magazines. Two things I have not been able to do, and that is uh, make biscuits, great ones anyway, like my mother used to make, and uh, a good pie crust. Those two things. If I can get those two things down, I can be president. I need a good pie crust recipe and a great biscuit recipe.
0: I will send you one of each.
1: I'd love to learn how to make jam, too. I have all the really want tos. It's just the having the time and and the patience to do it because this COVID thing uh, has forced me into a real normalcy, you know. And I've never not worked this much in my whole life. I've always worked, so I keep myself busy cooking and coming up with new ideas of how many different kinds of breakfast can you make? I'm run. I'm out of ideas and washing dishes because we don't have a dishwasher and no garbage disposal, uh, and no oven. So I'm really having to make do.
0: Well, I'm going to send you a stack of magazines, okay?
1: Oh my gosh, I'll be busy for a few years.
0: Well, so Tanya, tell me, when you were growing up, who was the cook in your family?
1: My mother. Whatever I learned cooking-wise, I learned from her. And she's a southern cooker. Our last four or five Christmases and Thanksgiving, everybody wants my chicken fried steak. So that's where I learned to make it. And then I learned how to make banana pudding, fried okra. I take her recipes and I kind of add a little bit of my own flair to them. And what I never understood is how she could get it all out at the same time. I just can't seem to do that. So, But she was the one that taught me. Anything that that I've learned cooking-wise, for sure. How
0: did y'all celebrate the holidays when you were a kid? I know y'all moved around a good bit.
1: I I don't remember not ever having some sort of uh, get-together. And I've had some really big ones and some very small ones. I spent Thanksgiving by myself one year in L.A. at a restaurant by myself. I don't know how that happened, but it, it did. And it makes you realize how much family is so important during that time and I love those times you know I really do so to me it's more pressure than going on stage <laughs> you gotta have the right cornbread dressing and you, you gotta cook the turkey the right way and sometimes it don't turn out and it makes me so angry <laughs> 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 oh. so every time I pick it's a new experience it's a lot of pressure <laughs> I love the holidays though and I uh, something I'd really love to be better at is being a cook and uh, just being a – everything that involves uh, uh, being a housewife, someone that cares for their family. I think they're the hardest-working women of all.
0: I've heard that you make a really mean uh, chili relleno.
1: Oh, see now. you got that Tex-Mex, Arizona flair. You know, my mother and my dad would bring home a tosack. That's what we called it back then. A tosack full of them uh, Anaheim green chilies and we would roast those chili rellenos and have them for a month, every every night. And uh, she taught me how to make them, and it's one of my friends that's one of the big requests when we all get together. I love chili rellenos, love it, love it.
0: So, Tanya, you've written songs about Texas. You know, you had a huge hit called Texas When I Die. Do you still have a ton of family and friends in Texas, or are they scattered all over?
1: My mother's family is all from Texas. Denver City, Seminole, Hobbs, right around there, Midland, Odessa, Lubbock. In fact, I have a cross that I give all my friends. My cousin Leland in Denver City, Texas, makes them out of horseshoe nails, and he welds them together. I gave Justin Bieber one the other day and I saw him wearing his the other day. So it's just something real special that comes from Denver city. But I asked my cousin when I was there, cause I looked around and went, Oh my God, have you ever thought about leaving <laughs> without flinching? He said, Nope, Nope, never have. And I, I said, well, I'm glad you can live here cause I could never live in that small town like that no more.
0: So did you grow up in a home that was, full of music, you know, your sister's a remarkable singer. So it couldn't have been an accident.
1: You no, know, well, my sister and I were the only singers. Now my dad, he, I know he could carry a tune, but, you know, just because you sing don't mean you want to, but he could sure tell me how to do it. And he had no training whatsoever. My dad always told me, you know, Tanya, you've got two problems. He said, one of them is you're a girl. And he said, the other one is you're a nine year old girl. And that means, you're going to have to put twice as much feeling in that song as the person who recorded it before, because they're not going to believe you otherwise. They're not going to believe that's coming out of a nine-year-old. I remember looking back, uh, a record player on the floor, and I'd see these 45s, and I, I remember seeing a Sinatra, with Strangers in the Night, you know, and then I'd see an <laughs> Elvis. I'd look over and see a Hank Williams or a Sonny James, a Merle Haggard for sure and George, George Jones, and, of course, Loretta Lynn and Connie Smith. They were biggies for me. My dad traded something to get me a tape recorder, and uh, I found some tapes not too long ago of me. And, boy, I mean, I was practicing and preaching the gospel. So (laughs) I practiced on that a lot. He encouraged it. There's
0: a song on the new album called The Day My Heart Goes Still, which I'm told is about your father, you know, who managed most of your career. What are some things that he taught you that have stayed with you?
1: Oh, well, that's a book. You know, that is a book because he's got so many sayings. Like, don't give somebody a gift that they can't afford to give you, you know, makes them feel bad. You know, you know. always tell somebody what you're going to do for them before you ask them what they can do for you. Don't smile when you're singing Delta Dawn. That ain't a happy song. So he taught me so much.
0: So speaking of that, you had a huge hit by the time you were 13 with Delta Dawn. And, Tanya, what do you think it was about that song and that album that resonated with people in such
1: a big way? Well, that's something I, I, I still ain't figured out. But the one thing for sure was how it attracted and really, really hit on really young kids. I mean, I'm talking five, six, seven, eight, nine. The really young kids. Uh, and I've probably heard it, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times. I used to sing that song on the way to school every morning. My mother used to sing it to me when she's trying to get me to go to sleep. I mean, I put a lot of kids to sleep in my day. Uh, but And I'm not sure how uh, a story about a 41-year-old woman is so attractive to uh, young kids. And plus the fact that I think that nobody really knew what that song was about, including me. And I had asked and asked and asked Alex Harvey when I'd see him. can you tell me what you wrote that song about? And he never would tell me. Fast forward about forty years. and I'm in church and a uh, really great preacher. Uh, he's a teacher, Stan Mitchell. and I was sitting there and I was sleeping. I mean, I just shut my eyes while he's talking. And all of a sudden, I heard, Delta Dawn, what's that flower you have on? And I opened my eyes and Sam was right in front of me. He'd come down from the pulpit and he starts saying these lyrics. And I'm like, oh, 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 what's going on here? And so when we, when it came out of church and he said, well, you know the story, don't you, about Delta Dawn? I said, actually, no, I don't know the story. Alex would never tell me. And Alex went to my church. And uh, Stan knew it real well. He said, Well, let me tell you the story. And you probably have never heard the story either, have you? No. Well, so living would be the first one I tell it to because I was <laughs> going to kind of keep it a secret. But what happened was his mother was from the, um, the Mississippi Delta, but they had moved to Kentucky and he had a lot of siblings that were way younger than him. He was about 15 and he had three or four younger siblings. And uh, his dad left his mother for another woman. So his mother started drinking a lot. And ultimately, she drank herself into losing her mind, basically. So every Sunday, she'd dress them all up and get them all in their Sunday best and go downtown carrying their bags and their suitcases. And she said, your daddy's going to come back. He's going to take us to that mansion in the sky. we're going to go, and he's going to come get us today. And that was her thing every Sunday. And then uh, Alex was starting to sing and uh, a little bit, and uh, she would take him to bars, and he would get up on top of the bar and sing, and then they'd pass the hat, and that's how they pretty much got their food, you know. And she always wore this faded rose that he'd given her years and years ago. And they called her Delta Dawn because she's from the Mississippi Delta. And everybody around there said they knew she was losing her mind. And so the Kentucky State Fair comes along. And Alex had talked to somebody about getting on stage and singing and maybe getting his start. They were all getting ready to go to the fair. And he looks at his mother and he says, Mom, you got to stay home tonight. Because she embarrassed him, basically. And he said, You can't go with me tonight. I got to go. I got to do this by myself. And she was heartbroken, you know. So he went on to the fair and sang and did his thing. And when he came back, his mother had killed herself. So, I mean, can you imagine the the grief and the the regret? And I think he lived with that a long time until he finally got that song out. But he never would tell me. And I, I realize why now. But I think uh, I told my dad the story. He goes, hell, that's a movie. (laughs) And I don't know why a movie hasn't been written.
0: (laughs) And maybe it still needs to be a movie.
1: (laughs) There you go. There you go. Delta Dawn, what's that flower you have on?
0: Could it be a faded rose
1: from days gone by? And did I hear you say
0: he was a Take you to
1: his mansion in the sky. Delta, and I've left a lot of it out. But that is a special story. And I think that when people listen to it, as far as the record goes, I don't think they knew, you know, a man of low degree, you know, when a man of low degree stood by her side, I mean, they didn't, that was like, what did you say there? People put their own story to that song. And guess what? It's my favorite song. I never get tired of singing. I'm so thankful for that.
0: We've got much more with Tanya Tucker after the break. This episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living is presented by Boar's Head. Introducing Sweet Bees Honey Barbecue Glazed Chicken, a new classic flavor available only from Boar's Head that brings the celebrated traditions, signature flavors, and iconic taste of sweet honey barbecue to your local deli. Inspired by famous barbecue joints and the aficionados who know the reward is worth the wait, comes an authentic experience that can only be from Boar's Head. Made with premium ingredients, This slow roasted chicken is delightfully sweet with notes of honey and perfectly balanced with savory hints of hickory smoke. Honey drizzled and barbecue sizzled. Ask for freshly sliced, sweet bees honey barbecue chicken during your next visit to the deli counter. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and we're talking with Tanya Tucker. So, Tanya, I want to fast forward about 50 years. I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your new album, While I'm Living, which just won a Grammy Award for Best Country Album. I want to ask you about the lead single, Bring My Flowers Now, which you wrote and recorded with Brandy Carlisle, and that song also won a Grammy earlier this year. When did you realize there was something special happening with that song?
1: Well, I, I've had a song since I was a kid. I think I was 11. I've had that chorus for a long time. And then on the way from Nashville to uh, Texas, I don't know, for some reason I called her or she called me Loretta Lynn. I was talking to Loretta. And uh, we were always talking about writing songs. You got to come home, got to come back and write some songs with me. You got any ideas? I said, yeah, let me sing you one. So I, you know, bring my flowers now while I'm living. And I sang her the chorus. And I got done. She goes, when you get back, on the way through here, you come back, we're gonna write that song. That's a good song. And so I said, Okay, well we'll do that. And then I'll here, I go off to LA. And the last day we were there three weeks, three weeks. Brandi walks in and I'm in the in the control room and she says, Hey T. She's a she's always like Miss upbeat, you know, Hey T, that's face that song idea you had. I said, What? I didn't even remember singing it to her, you know? And I said okay. She goes, yeah, the band's on break. Let's write it and come back in and cut it. And I'm thinking, what? I mean, I I need a little damn practice or something. Don't don't just throw this on me. You know, I'm not going to write songs all the time. I'm a singer, you know. (laughs) So I said, i said there there in the headlight, look, I'm sure. Trying to be cool. So I went to the bathroom. And I say, that's where I do a lot of my best thinking. And I I was thinking, oh, I got to come up with something here. I got to come up... You know, got to have something. We got to get programmed to this. I, I wasn't expecting it, you know. And I just said a prayer. I said, Lord, huh, you're on. Because <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I I'm, I'm just don't want to look, look like a fool. When I went back in the studio, she was in the piano room, on the piano. She said, okay, and we started it. She said, oh, the miles. She had that first line. That's a long shadow. I take a couple back if I could, you know. And then pretty soon I was adding to it about my horse, Jesse Ray. Even though one day uh, they'll bury me and Jesse Ray, I just know we're going to ride again someday. And uh, it just sort of flowed. And it didn't feel like it was 30, 30 40 minutes. And we finished it. Uh, and there was, me, there was a couple things I'd like to have changed. But Brandy didn't want me to. She said, no. It's not about Tanya Tucker, the performer or the entertainer. This is Tanya Tucker, the singer. Flaws and all. I go, well, you're going to get a bunch of that now. <laughs> I think when the stars line up on any other day, it might not have ever happened. It was perfect for that time. And then to find out it was going to be the title. She goes, hey, T, let's just call this thing while I'm living. you know." And She goes, I'm, I want people to know how important you are, your role in music and your your catalog, how important it has been for all of us girls like me and how influenced we were by you and uh, how tough you were. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, I must have been a good actor, you know. But uh, <laughs> she goes, I want to to know you and high-five you while you're living. And so, I, uh, you know, uh, you get so many awards after you die, and what the hell good is it then? So I was just like, "Wow, this ain't my idea. This is someone else's idea that someone that uh, everybody says is great." Because I hadn't even heard her sing yet, you know. And uh, after we come out of the studio, first time I heard her sing was on the Grammy, and that was uh, February of last year, you know. And uh, I heard her sing uh, a joke, and she just blew me away. I didn't even know my kids knew her, you know. Mom, Brandi Carlile, oh my God, you know. I said, oh, "I don't, I don't know her." I'm out of the loop, but she's a hell of a singer. Uh, I found that out later. First day I met her, I walked in the studio and we started to work. And then when we came out of the studio, that's when our relationship grew.
0: Well, you guys seem to have a pretty special connection.
1: It is. It's, it's so special that I don't even really know how to explain it. Uh, there's no words for it. And believe me, I never would have thought those songs would have done, this album would have done what it did. And I have never been so glad to be wrong in my life. You know, the thing is, I think I have a whole lot better in me. So I don't think I've done my best yet. You know, people might think that's my best. It's a far cry from it. So I just hope I live long enough to get my best out, you know? (laughs) Bring my flowers now while I'm living. I won't need your love when I'm gone i spend time, tears and money, on my own breathless body. If your heart is in them flowers, bring them home.
0: So Tanya, I want to hear about your new tequila, and uh, I don't think you could have timed the launch of that much better.
1: Well, you know, I've never been in the tequila business, so this is a new one, and I, I really don't know how I got into it except for the fact that my ex-father of my oldest two kids, Preston Grayson, is an actor, Ben Reed. His wife now, Kim, her sister, Elle France, and I can't remember how it happened, but he said, hey, I've got this tequila I'm trying to launch and you want to be a part of it, I'd love to have you. And I said, well, I have a taste of it, you know, because I drink a, drink a lot of Patron. You know, my buddy, John Paul DeJoria owns Patron he just sold it for $5 billion. So um, uh, that, that gives me something to look forward to. But anyway, so I tried it, and I liked it. And I, I've done a lot of taste tests with straight, uh, George Strait's tequila uh, and uh, George Clooney. And I try to taste uh, every tequila I can get my hands on to compare. And uh, I, I just really love my tequila. And I love it with the uh, fresh grapefruit from Texas Ruby Red. And uh, people that don't even like tequila love my little teenies. I compare it to building an artist. You have to go person by person, state by state, to you know, because there's so much competition in it. And we just have to go little by little, and people are wanting it everywhere. We got it in the state of Tennessee now, and I'm, I'm telling Texas that they ought to be ashamed of themselves because I'm a Texas girl, and Tennessee beat them to the action. So I think they're going to get involved pretty soon.
0: I don't think we have any in Alabama, so you might have sent me some.
1: I'm going to put into my complaint today. Yeah, <laughs> and We'll have it down there. But I have to bring it to you.
0: You've also you've got a new album coming out this fall, and I saw that some of the proceeds are benefiting the Troubadour, which is a historic venue in Los Angeles, and I'm just curious why that was important to you to do that.
1: Well, these venues like that have uh, supported us for all these years, uh, all over the country. But the Troubadour just happens to be a real iconic one because, you know, hell, the Eagles and, and Elton John basically got started there. A lot of great talent has uh, been in, in, inside those walls. That's the thing. They kept me going when there wasn't nothing going, you know. And, um, and I think it's payback time. I think it's time to, you know, that we support them. And I hate to see Everybody's going through hell right now. Uh, and I had, I'd hate to see them go under, and I hope this COVID thing, like everybody, goes away real soon. But until then, I just wanted to come out with an album that extends myself, so to speak, with my fans. You know, Give them something to listen to. At the same time, support these venues that have always supported us. These smaller venues are just that's where we started. That's the basics. That's the base of our, of my, uh, success. So, I'm hoping that uh, we can support them. And besides that, how cool is it to have a live album from the Tubador? Really? <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're coming from Branson, you know. No, live live from Branson. with <laughs> that.
0: Yeah, well, it's a it's a wonderful thing you're doing. You had a big hit back in the '80s called "Strong Enough to Bend." and everyone is struggling right now, and as someone who's been through a lot, I'm just wondering if you have any words of wisdom for people who are trying to make it through some tough times.
1: Wow. Um, Yeah, I mean, what do you say? I mean, my son called me the other day and said, man, mom, reach out to some of your friends that, you know, that haven't had the success you've had, and they, you know that they're really struggling right now, and I, I think you should reach out to them and Tell them you're thinking about them and, and uh, uh, give them some encouraging words like only you can do. And so I did. I reached out to several of my friends. Just uh, how you doing? And I want you to know uh, we're going to get through this. And, you know, there's got to be a reason for it. You know, the old man upstairs, he has a reason for everything. But my George, I'm going to hang out and find out what the hell it is because it's got to be something good. So it's like, oh, my God, I wish I had Oprah's money and I could just take care of everybody and uh, say, hey, don't worry about it. Here's a new house, you know. I would love to make a living at giving it. Yeah, I'd be really good at it. So I just, uh, just want to inspire people to, you know, say their prayers. That's about all we can do right now. Say your prayers because he knows what we're going through and uh, and he can change it. I believe that.
0: Yeah, I sure hope so. Tanya Tucker, it is truly an honor having you on Biscuits and Jam. Thanks so much for spending the time with us. Thank
1: you, Sid. You were so great. I, I love talking to you, too.
0: Thanks for listening to my conversation with Tanya Tucker. Her most recent studio album, While I'm Living, can be found wherever you get music. Enjoy her new tequila, Cosa Savaje, from your local spirit shop, and look for her new album, Live from the Troubadour, later this fall portion of the proceeds will benefit the troubadour in los angeles through saveourstages.com southern living is based in birmingham alabama and this podcast was produced and edited in nashville tennessee if you like what you hear please consider leaving us a review on apple podcasts or telling your friends about the program you can find us online at southernliving.com And subscribe to our print publication by searching for Southern Living at www.magazine.store. Biscuits and Jam is produced by Heather Morgan Schott, Chrissy Tiglius, and me, Sid Evans, for Southern Living. Thanks also to Ann Kane, Jim Hankey, Eliza Lambert, and Rachel King at Pod People. I'll see you back here next week for more Biscuits and Jam.